my iPad um, because for the two or three people who actually listen to it um, to the <laughs> podcast one I left it at school um, made me late for church but Mr. Mike didn't pick on me too bad right Miss Jan it was really nice thank you um, so uh, anybody here like um, going to like garage sales yard sales anybody like that in here mm-hmm. you, know, you like going all right so so my uh my brother-in-law, um, Wesley, he's really good at, at that type of stuff, okay? Like, he, he's, he's really uh, good at kind of jewing people down anyway. I don't know why they say jewing. I probably shouldn't. But anyway, uh, you know, he'll bargain, bargain and all. Uh, I remember one time we, we went, and it was in, it was in um, his area, uh, Port Orange area, and uh, it was on like a block around, you know, from where, where they live. And uh, there was a, an old um, Weber grill, just a plain grill, you know, Weber grill. Right, and I'm thinking, you know, fifteen, twenty dollars, you know, um, he paid five dollars for it. Okay, five dollars. I got a grill for five dollars, man. All right, I used that thing for like a year or two. All right, for five bucks, I think it's awesome. Um, but anyway, like you find some really good deals at, at, at these places. You know, like uh, old saying, you know, one person's junk is somebody else's treasure. You know, um, and and it got me thinking about the these TV shows. Are, are y'all familiar with with the following shows? Um, Auction King, Storage Wars. No, um, American Pickers. All right, okay. Some uh, Pawn Stars. All right, and Antique Roadshow. Any of that? Okay. Wow, y'all really okay. I'm I'm learning some things about y'all today. Um, so for the record, um, I've never seen any not a single episode of any of those shows. But um, the the you know the point still stands. Okay, that that you you know you take what some consider junk or or worthless or or waste for or waste. And finding value in it. Is that kind of the, the premise, right? Okay. All right. So I had to ask. Because again, I'm not real sure. I did see like a, a, a minute, minute and a half short clip of one of them, you know, and they were like, they were actually bargaining with each other, you know, and, and I was like, okay, uh, about something like a, a dinosaur egg or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, and so while I never really have uh, watched any of those, the point, the point stands that value is based on perspective, right? And so, uh, and it's different, obviously, depending on the person, all right? It's perspective from the eye of the beholder, so to speak. And so we are in, we, we did finish our three-part uh, series on the, on the Olivet Discourse, okay? Uh, but, but I should probably make that statement that if you come now, you just got to stay for the rest, okay? We only have, a, a, you know, about two months, okay, left in, in Mark, all right? But we're getting to, uh, to the end of, of Jesus' life on earth um, here before the cross and the resurrection, and so uh, today's um, sermon met title is "What a Waste?" Question mark. What a waste? Or was it a waste, or was it not? And so, uh, if you will look on the screen, you'll see the central statement. Um, you know, they always do a great job. Uh, Miss Ron and Mr. Loris, Alex, um, Sally, and I, we're definitely appreciative. And so, the alabaster jar that I know you, some of you are very familiar with, okay, represented waste to some people and worship to others. And how we can how we see it can determine our walk with God. You proud of me, Mr. Lawrence? Okay, I'm telling you, it was really good the last couple of weeks. I'm like, man, she's missing. Man, I had it right, y'all. I had alliterations all through, right, sub points and everything. Man, I got my Baptist preaching card for another ten years. I can tell you that. Okay, if y'all put up with me, I don't know. All right, um, Mark 14, three through five. Okay, and, and yes, I, I know we're at the beginning of Mark 14, um, but we'll we'll go back to the first couple of verses later. Okay, and so let's start in verse three. So while he was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar 
of a very expensive perfume of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head. But some were expressing indignation to one another. Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they began to scold her. So, giving you a little bit of a background, Bethany was only about two miles from Jerusalem. Okay? His friend, Lazarus, and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, lived there. Okay? Uh, and so, and if you look, um, and if you, you don't have to go there, but if you can, if you want to double check me, Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13, and John 12, 1 through 8. All right? Also um, have this story. Okay? And there they present the woman and they identify her as being Mary. Okay, Lazarus' brother. I mean, Lazarus' sister. Nice. Okay, uh, so Mary, the sister of, Ma of Martha and Lazarus, and and there is a and also kind of another side note. Uh, don't confuse this story with a similar story in Luke seven verses thirty six through fifty. Okay, because that's not the same as this one. Okay, so there are different stories about breaking you know jars there and all that. Okay, because uh, that actually occur occurred at a different time in the ministry of Jesus with a different woman, uh, different actions, different critics and responses from Jesus. Okay. So, um, it was actually customary uh, to anoint the guest's head with a dab of oil upon arriving for a meal. We should do, start doing that. What you think? We should start doing that in people's business? No? Okay, all right. Um, but, however, Mary goes much farther, okay? And so, we need to see her, her actions here and kind of get a, 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 a kind of a grasp of, of, why this, of how big this was. See, she poured the entire contents of an alabaster flask of what says very costly oil on the head of Jesus. Okay. Um, if you do a little research, and you know, y'all know I love the details. Um, this would have cost about a year's worth of wages, a year's worth. Now I, I don't make a whole lot as a teacher, but I mean uh, that's a lot if it was my whole year's worth of teaching. Okay, what would I get for that? It was a lot. This was not a a moderate a, a moderate amount. This wasn't a, a tiny amount. This was a bunch. All right, y'all y'all got me? Okay, a whole year's worth. It's important that you get that. Okay, so number one, waste. Uh, I found this, I thought it was kind of a funny story in a way. Not really funny, but I guess in a way it kind of was. But it says, uh, I heard that in 1990, um, there was uh, city workers in Newport Beach, California, that were sifting through two and a half tons of trash. Can you imagine? Um, and they were looking for $42,500 that was mistakenly discarded at the Great American Bank and hauled away by garbage trucks. Right. I would have liked to actually been a, a part of that search. I don't know about you. I can I get, I get out there in that dirt and that nastiness. But anyway, uh, but it's kind of interesting. But but waste. So, so verse 4, okay, if you go back in verse 4, uh, it says that some were expressing indignation. Okay, so I want to first off uh, highlight this idea uh, of some because um, we're going to find out one particular person Okay, now some of you already know. I'm already ahead of you, uh, Patrick, but, uh, and that's fine. Stay with me for a second, okay? You don't get too, too far ahead. Uh, but it wasn't just one particular person, Judas. Go ahead and say it, all right? It, it said some. It was more than, more than him, okay? So there's some other disciples who weren't, you know, who, who were there who, who weren't real happy with what Mary did, okay? They, they considered it wasteful. And, and again, we, we, we read it sometimes and, and, and the translations or whatever, and we, I know for me, I'm guilty of just kind of reading it and, and not really, you know, diving in when I'm just kind of reading my Bible, okay? Um, but, if, you know, if you do a little study, um, it, it says indignation. That's a strong word, okay? Indignation. In fact, the Greek word here um, indicates that it, it was vehement, vehement anger, all right? Um, it, it, 
it literally says, it literally means to flare the nostrils. Okay, and that got me thinking about like Bugs Bunny, you know, and the and the bull, you know, and the bull's like, you know, you know, the nostrils are flaring, you know, and uh, some of y'all, some of my students are probably like, yeah, it's when Matt, when Coach Murphy gets mad. All right, I do that. I don't know. If, I don't, yes, see my my daughter, <laughs> my daughter is hitting the table now. Thank you, baby, for reminding me of that of something I should forget. Um, but um, they they weren't just a little mad; they were very mad. Okay, very angry that Mary would do something like this. And and, and then John John actually tells us that uh, Judas was especially piqued by this. Okay, um, but this anger was entirely self serving because uh, as he used to steal from the money box anyway. All right, John 12 or 6 says that he didn't say this, he being Judas didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was in charge of the money bag and would steal part of what was put in it. That's Judas Iscariot, who would go on him to betray Jesus, which we'll look at in a couple weeks, okay? Um, see, it's interesting, again, that they, that they criticize her. Um, and, and for what they considered, in their perspective, wasteful. And, and it got me, you know, thinking as I prepared this message was, you know, I, I, you know that that will preach. I mean, could it be? Could it be? And this is kind of a, just a uh, conjecture, so to speak. But could it be that that maybe we do this sometimes uh, when we see maybe somebody who who expresses more love to Jesus than we do? I mean, is it possible that we judge them, or maybe it's just me? Okay, that uh, judge them a little bit, you know. Um, and, and I can't believe they they are holding their hands up in church. Man, I saw what they did the other night. That kind of attitude. Amen or me, right? So uh, instead of being judgmental, may we, may we, maybe we should uh, join in, right? Amen? And so the alabaster jar, we see it represented waste to some people and then worship to others, which will uh, take us to the next part. So how did, how did Jesus respond? All right, next couple of verses. In verse 6, Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me. Noble can also mean beautiful, by the way. A noble, she has done a noble, a beautiful thing for me. For me. You always have the poor with you, and you can do what is good for them whenever you want, but you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. Remember that. Okay, truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And that's, that's the case, because we read about it in the Bible even today. So, number two, worship. See, many times I feel like when we think of worship, maybe it's just you, but I, when I think of I think of worship service, like you know what I mean, like what we're doing right now, right? Um, and and uh, that leads to a whole conversation about the style of music. Uh, y'all have y'all ever been in a church that that was a big deal, right? Uh, especially several years ago. So like, should we have a traditional style music? Should it just be traditional? Maybe we should have contemporary. Oh, you know what we'll do? This is a big church. We'll just have a whole morning service. Uh, the first service is, is uh, contemporary, and the next service is traditional. All right? There's a lot of churches who actually do that. All right? Real, for real. Uh, and the preacher, man, he's got to preach both times, you know? Which is, you know, but, but it's like, yeah, they do that. Or, or they call it blended, right? Which is kind of what, you know, we, we're pretty much traditional when we have a contemporary song. Which, by the way, that anybody can always sing or do something instead of that. All right, but I know I keep saying that. Uh, but uh, worship is much more than that. Okay, um, so it got like one of the things I was thinking this morning was how a um, long time ago when I was in college, so back you know in the ice ages. Um, so I, I was involved in something called Summer Beach Project through Campus Outreach. Um, I, I went to Campus Outreach um, whenever I was in 
at Valhalla State, and one summer uh, we went to to Daytona, and y'all are like, "Oh, that sounds so bad, Patrick." Then you, you went to Daytona for a whole summer, all right. Um, but really, uh, we did have we did have meetings during during the week, um, and and we had we had to get involved with the church there Wednesday night, you know, Sunday mornings and night, um, and, and help out there. But we also would go on Saturdays, and we'd go, you know, witness the people on the beach. Okay. And we also had to get a job. So I worked at Howard Johnson's Hotel. I think I told some of y'all, I worked as in the laundromat of Howard Johnson Hotel. Okay. So it wasn't the most glamorous job. Other guys got some really cool jobs like construction and stuff. You know, I, had to, I got to fold laundry all day. But anyway, um, I did not have a macho job like some of the other guys. And they, and they made sure they let you know that too. Oh, yeah. But, you know. but anyway, um, so, and it was just one particular day. Man, that was all that lead up, just to tell you just a real short thing. But there was a couple of days where we were, we were encouraged to fast, okay? And not just fast from other, from things, but specifically from food, okay? And I can remember, it was like on a Friday, I think it was like Thursday or Friday or something, and I can just remember going out to eat. I think my mom had come, maybe. I think mom and Roy, maybe. I'm not for sure. And, and we went to um, Outback. And my best friend was with me. My best friend from the camp was with me, uh, uh, Drew, uh, and and um, Buck. We called him. And and he and I, man, we just devoured a blooming onion. Like I don't know if it stayed on the table more than like two minutes. It was like, you know, that thing was that was the best thing I put in my mouth in a so long. Anyway, it was awesome. Uh, what's the point, Patrick? Why are you talking about all that? So, the French have a proverb which states, "A good meal ought to begin with hunger." Okay. Y'all see the point? So a, a good meal ought to begin with hunger. Hunger. See, it's it's hard to enjoy a meal when you're really not yet that hungry, right? Okay. And and, and man, this person can slave over it and do a, it can taste great, but when you know when you're not really that hungry, eh, it's okay, right? Uh, it'll pass, right? It'll do. But when you're hungry, anything tastes good, right? And so, effective worship begins with a hunger for God. Amen. A hunger. Um, oh, may may that be our heart, moment by moment. Right? I, I love Mr. Mike. Actually, prayed some of that in his prayer, not even realizing it, brother. But just moment by moment, day by day, having a hunger for God. Amen. See, did you know this is? I love the details here. I think you'll like it too. Did you know that uh, Mary, all right, um, the the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Okay, good friends of Jesus who live in Bethany. Yes, that Mary we've been talking about. Did you know that she's found three times in the gospel story? And do you know what she's doing all three times? All three times she's at the feet of Jesus. Let me prove it to you. Okay, uh, Luke 10, 38-42. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks and um, I know some of us can relate. Amen, Romy. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. Because one time we'd see her. Right? And then we, in John 11, 31-32, we see, we see her in this uh, passage. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposed that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And that was the story of Lazarus uh, when Lazarus died and Jesus raised him from the dead. And then today's passage. So all three times we see that Mary in the Gospels. She's at the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but that, I, I want to be more like Mary, right? Be like Mike. Y'all remember those commercials, right, Coach? Uh, be like Mike. Well, be like Mary. 
right? And, and this different Mary that we don't talk a lot about, right? Not the mother of Jesus, but a different one. See, Jesus did not see this act as wasteful or careless at all, not even the slightest. Was it extravagant? Yes. Is that a bad thing? No. Not in the slightest. See, the word, again, the word noble could actually mean beautiful. Uh, Thomas Chalmers, a Scottish preacher and inspiration of Wilbur, William Wilberforce, uh, preached one of the greatest and most well-known sermons in history. And the title of it is The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. And, and the main point of that was that when, when we... Before Christ, we, we had all these, these things that we, we were passionate about and we loved and we did and, and maybe it was things that weren't good for us, but we loved those things. And, and he says, you know, it, when, when you give your life to Christ, that Jesus should be that. Jesus, you know, it, it, is, it is replacing. It's the expulsive power of a new affection, what we, our hearts are turned towards. They're turned towards Jesus. See, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing to love Jesus for all he has done for us, David Gusick says. Uh, it can be greater still to love him simply for who he is and all his wonder and majesty. And I, I love that because, yes, it's a wonderful thing, wonderful thing to remind ourselves of how fallen we are. I mean, I was reading the scripture today, and I was like, man, that's me, and, and you know, in Psalms, and, you know, and, and yes, gosh, I'm, a, I'm an idiot, and I'm, you know, I'm so simple. Uh, and while that's good, and, and we should preach the gospel to ourselves like, as much as and often as possible, but we should also love Jesus not just for what he's done for us, but because of who he is, amen? Of who he is, he is God Almighty. He is magnificent. He is amazing. He is awesome. He is wonderful, and all those things above. Praise him. Amen. See, David Gusick also mentions that it's fitting here that that Mary would do this, that she would anoint him coming in, because um, not only was it something that he did uh, at a regular uh, kind of a regular thing here, but um, Jesus had just recently rode into Jerusalem as a king. Right? And, and his point was, and shouldn't kings be anointed? It's kind of a cool little thing. I like that. See, Jesus mentions in verse 7 that you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. And some people read that and they're like, oh, I can't believe you said that. You know, that's, that's not the point. Jesus is not saying that the poor aren't important. Not at all. It, and they, they shouldn't uh, be taken care of. In fact, he says it in other places, things like, this is just a, a two verses okay matthew 5 3 blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs or matthew 6 3 and 4 but when you give to the poor don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you he's not saying don't do those things he's already said that we should okay he's just making a point at this when this happens okay that i'm not gonna be here much longer what she did is a good thing okay so so again he he's predicting his death again okay and we see that's not the first time as we've gone through the book of mark Verse 8 says, he's anointed my body in advance for burial. So again, we see that. So he says there will always be poor people, and we have plenty of time to help them. But Jesus was again saying, I'm not going to be on this earth much longer. But as we think of this idea of worship, and I think y'all, I'm hoping y'all noticed uh, the songs that we sang this morning. Like Sally said, yeah, it's Valentine's Day uh, this week, but the songs are different. I, I hope that you noticed it was all about worship. Right, because Sally's awesome, and she, you know, she asks what we're gonna, what what the sermon's gonna be about, and she she does a fantastic job every week, doesn't she? Right, she does fantastic. But uh, can't we conclude? We when we're thinking about this idea of worship, can can't we conclude that we could break uh, that word down to worth ship 
And I'm sure y'all have seen that before. I'm not, I'm not the first person who's done that, but worth-ship. See, because, you know, people worship things all the time, don't we? Come on, guys, let's be honest. But we call it different words. Rooting for. We, we, call, it, we call it cheering on our team. Come on, guys, let's be honest. Okay, you want to see some worship college football season on a Saturday in the South, okay? All right, that's worship. Got, all right, so, you know, and, and we, we do that. So, so I, I do want to ask the question, you know, what about us? How, how is our worship? You know, it, and if we're talking about this idea of worship, is who we serve truly worthy? I mean, and, and if so, would others be able to tell that in our worship? The first question is easy to answer because we're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, amen. God is, God most certainly, God Almighty is worth, he's worthy. But could others tell that you think that? Can others tell that I think that? Right? And, and I'm not, uh, there's a whole other point later about we're not doing it for other people. But right, it should show, right? it should show. So I'm not saying we have to be holy rollers and y'all run around. But if you want to, go ahead. You're not going to bother me. But, you know, it, it, it's still the, the idea of is who we worship, is he worthy? Right? And is it really showing in our own personal worship of God? As the CSB study writer said, her act was noble because she did it for the Son of God who was worthy of great sacrifices. I love that. This is, again, this is an extravagant gift okay it wasn't just a little bit y'all remember how much it was how much it was worth a whole year's worth of wages okay um and and uh you know it was costly it makes me think of this one man who was on vacation he strolled along outside of his hotel and suddenly he was attracted by the screams of a woman kneeling in front of a child the the man knew enough to determine that the child had swallowed a coin all right so so seizing the child by the by his heels by the heels the man held him up Gave him a few shakes and a quarter dropped to the sidewalk. Oh, thank you, sir, cried the woman. You seem to know just how to get it out of him. Are you a doctor? Uh, no, ma'am, replied the man. I, I'm with the Internal Revenue Service. All right. All right. All right. That's a good one. Mr. Tommy would have liked that one. Mr. Tommy would have liked that one. So uh, while he may joke about things uh, like that with money, it really is a big thing. And we all have, you know, all make work different occupations and have different amounts of money, but God is looking at the heart, right? And are we giving joyfully? And I don't know about you all, if you've, you may not even know, but we've had some very generous donations through this church yeah, over the years. And, and um, that always is like, man, wow, it's, it's awesome here. And I don't really, um, so a lot of times know about it. Now, I mean, sometimes I find out later, I'm like, whoa. But is Jesus worth extravagance? answer that question to yourself is he worth extravagance and I put here big capital letters Y-E-S with like four exclamation marks okay uh, see the world the world has never had a problem with religion and moderation see? like you know moderation in some things is good right you know moderation in certain areas but not in our worship not in our devotion to our Savior amen uh, and but but we, we, we think that's the way it's supposed to be. And we, we go through the motions, so to speak. And, and again, when I say we, I'm, I'm including myself in this, right? See, the world, again, has never had a problem with Christianity even in moderation. It's the extreme that they have issues with. I love how James Edwards says, they demean Jesus, they, the other side, they demean Jesus as well, whom they regard as unworthy of such extravagance. That's what, I can't believe she... All that, man, all that, oh, the whole thing, really? 
That's because you don't think he's worth it. Do we? See, and, and I love I love how he says she has done what she could. All right? Um, it, she's right here. Let me find that. She has done, verse 8, she has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. And, and that's a whole other sermon for another day. But that, that's really all God is asking for each of us. Just do what you can. Amen? Do what you can. Okay? Do what we can, but don't do nothing. Right? Amen. Ironside says, There can be no higher commendation than this. All cannot do great things for Christ, but it is well if each one does what he can, as unto the Lord himself. Very well said. So the alabaster jar we've seen today represents waste to some people, worship to others, and how we see it can determine our walk with God. Let's look in the next two verses. Verse 10, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. And we're going to look at that story in more detail in a couple weeks. And when they heard this, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he started looking for a good opportunity to betray him. The third one is walk. And while we, we will eventually get to our walk in a moment, notice that Judas walked out. He, he, he walked out on Jesus. It was too much for him. The, the pa- this passage connects the, with the first part of the chapter. Okay, verses 1 and 2. It was, and we'll go back and read that. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a cunning way to arrest Jesus and kill him. Not during the festival, they said, so there won't be a riot among the people. And we're going to talk more about that in, come, in, in a few weeks. But, you know, they knew what they were doing. Right? They're afraid of the people. So they end up, they end up taking them and, and, and arresting Jesus at night. Some of y'all know this. Okay, uh, But in order to know who, which one of those might be Jesus, it's good to have an inside man. And that's where Judas comes in. See, we don't know the exact reason why Judas betrayed Jesus. We, it was said in a uh, scripture that he's a thief. All right? um, we do know that he wasn't honest with money. And uh, we see in the passage today that Mary's offering really bothered him. So, so he goes to the chief priest himself. They didn't approach him. He approached them. He went to them. Uh, he initiated, and it played right into their hands. Okay? Because now, again, as they are already looking for a way to kill Jesus uh, without causing an uproar, now they have an inside person, someone who could tell them where Jesus was and, and, one, and would be. Of course, this, this shouldn't surprise us. It was all part of God's plan. Um, a side note, Matthew, I thought this was very interesting. Uh, I hope it doesn't distract too much from detract too much from the the message today. But I thought it was interesting that Matthew actually records the amount given to Judas as thirty pieces of silver. Um, that is the equivalent to four months' wages. And in the Old Testament, this was the price of a slave that was accidentally gored to death by an ox. Just interesting note. Does it have a significance? I don't know, All right, but interesting to me. Okay, our walk. See, to us, either Jesus, again, like I mentioned earlier, either Jesus is worth it or he is not. He either is or he isn't. Okay? Jesus said that what Mary did was a noble thing. It was a good thing. Mary did what she could and then went farther by worshiping Jesus in an extravagant manner. Again, I'm going to keep asking, what about us? Have we truly decided to break the alabaster jars that are, li- uh, that are our lives, figuratively speaking? Okay? If those jars are our lives, okay, have we decided to do that? See, because of the smashing of the vessel and it breaking, you can, if you can picture that, that symbolizes the totality of the gift. See, because it's, it means that, that that can never be used again. See, it wasn't just oh, open it up and pour. 
a little bit, put it back away for later. Know what she do? She smashed it. it it's, a, it's saying, I'm, I'm done with that way of life. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Listen, I'm, I'm giving everything to God. Amen? Everything. It's totality. Uh, it's the, it, see, what happened here, whenever she broke the jar, she was saying that she wasn't going to use that jar again. Y'all getting it? She wasn't going to use that jar again. She wasn't going to just use some of the perfume, but all of it. Amen? <clears throat> and all the way, it got me thinking this morning about how, you know, and, and I, I was guilty of this too. I wanted to ride the fence, you know. I want to have one foot in heaven and one foot in the other place, all right? And I wanted to kind of do my thing, you know. Can't ride the fence. Right? Let's mention another part of the Bible, right? And some people have done that. Maybe they're they're really they're really not sure. They want to give a little bit, but not all. So and then can can we picture? And I'm glad that y'all even said it. You know, y'all are talking. I think uh, Sally mentioned about as teachers and and wherever job profession you are, we should shine the light of Christ. Amen. I didn't know she was already preaching. So, what did the room smell like when she was when she was done? What would it smell like? Perfume, right? It smelled good. Interesting. 2 Corinthians 2, 15, and the first part of 16. We'll probably read the whole 16, actually. For to God we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To some we are an aroma of death leading to death, but to others an aroma of life leading to life. Can we be honest that some of us stink sometimes? Can I say that in the church? Right. I do. I can say it because I'm one of them. Right? I'm, not, I'm not the aroma of Christ. I'm not, I'm not the light of Jesus. I stink sometimes. I'm sure I'm thankful for grace, amen, and mercy. So the question, are we willing to pour out our lives in service to God Almighty? And, and how do we do this? We recognize who He is. And yes, we're thankful and we're grateful for what He does continually in our life, but who He is, that He is worthy, He is awesome, He is able. We strive to live our lives to honor Him, not just in, in corporate worship, but whenever we leave this place. I, I'm, I'm reminded of, I, I love, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, in view of what He's done for us, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. This is exactly what we've been talking about. This is, you know, shining your light, right? Uh, the aroma of Christ when, you, when you're in someone's presence. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the ruin of your mind so that you may discern it as a good, pleasing, perfect will of God. And I see four things there, and, and I'm, I don't have time to get in, in, in all of this because we actually might be here to one if I did, okay? But uh, we present our lives to God, right? We strive, we, so we present our lives to God. He's in control. We strive not to live like the world. We, we, we try. Okay? We're, we're not going to be perfect. We transform our minds. We try to discern the will of God. Right? And we don't care what others think about it. Right? See, because I like how Warren Wearsby says, no matter what others may say about our worship and service, the most important thing is that we please the Lord. The fact that others misunderstand and criticize us should not keep us from showing our love to Christ. Our concern should be His approval alone. Amen. So again, as we close out this morning, and last Mr. Lawrence and Sally come up, the, the alabaster jar, wasteful to some people, worship to others. How we look at it determines our walk. So in conclusion, what, what will it be? As Warren 
Wearsby pointed out, it is interesting to note that the word translated waste in verse 4 is translated perdition in John 17, 12 when it's applied to Judas. Jesus is talking. You can look that up, John 17, 12 if you want. Okay. Judas criticized Mary for wasting money, but he wasted his entire life. Yep. Why Will we waste the bulk of our lives chasing after things that really don't matter? Wealth, fortune, fame, popularity, likes on Facebook, friends, whatever. Or will we present our lives in true worship to God Almighty? I'm reminded once again of one of my favorite quotes that I've probably read here and said uh, six or seven times or more, I don't know. But uh, C.S. Lewis, very famous writer, and some of y'all are familiar with this, but I think it's appropriate today once again. As he says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. And like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Especially by this world that tempts us and changes us and you know makes us grow apathetic, regular, mediocre, status quo. Again, see, the world has no problem with that. To change our hearts, God, that's what happened here. That's a prayer for us as a people, as a group. Change our hearts, God. Help us to see you as you truly are, one who is more than worthy of all our praise. Amen? So before we close, well, one more aspect of the story. Right, Y'all not off the hook yet, okay? Almost done. All right, I do want to just quickly, and not just quick, but just very, very importantly say, ultimately, this bottle, another metaphor you can speak of here, this bottle is Christ, shattered right, for us, amen, whose fragrance speaks of God's mercy and forgiveness, that Jesus was shattered for us, right? that what, what he did on the cross, right, was the only way that we can have access to heaven. Amen? And and have we, it's a real simple question, we've either accepted it or we haven't. And if you haven't, I pray that you'll make that decision today, guys, as we sing.